we've been preparing for this. We've been, we've been walking this through the series called Life Together. Um, you're probably getting tired of actually hearing me repeat the shapes over and over again, week after week. But here's the deal. This is foundational stuff that as a church body, we will use through the rest of our church life and just understanding what it's like to be in relationship with each other and what Jesus is calling to when he calls me to be a disciple and when he calls me to pour into the lives of others. And so we're repeating this stuff for a reason. So really quickly, I want to just remind you one more time. And then starting this week, we're going to start applying this stuff on a regular basis in our life groups together. So here we go. We're going to read our main verse in this series. It's Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. It's Jesus' declaration of what he's calling us to do. It's known as the Great Commission. And so here's Jesus in front of his disciples. And it's not just the 12. There's a large gathering of people who've been following Jesus. And here he is talking to them. And he said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. And so we've just reminded ourselves over and over again, Jesus has all power and authority. He wants to see the world changed, and his plan to change it is through relationships. It's through his people going out and sharing what they receive from him and giving it away. And the truth is, the reason any of us are here this morning is because starting a couple thousand years ago, people actually took Jesus at his word and did it. And it's easy to think in our society especially that that's the role of, you know, whatever, the pastor, the elder, the worship leader, like these people we identify as leaders. And the reality is that's not the truth. We are the church. It's not a building. It's not a structure. It's the people of God. And, and we are called as followers of Jesus to know him and walk with him and learn from him. And we're called to pass that stuff on. And there's so many ways that we can do that. And so my, my hope and my encouragement is that we would all hear this as something Jesus is inviting us into. It's not just a command of like, hey, go do what I said and I'll check in every so often to see if you're doing your job. No, it's an invitation. How does he finish it? I'm with you always. He's actually saying, if you want to watch me operate in your life, come on this journey with me where you follow me and together we impact the lives of others. That's Jesus' invitation to us. And so then we've just kind of unpacked over the last few weeks, what is a disciple? What does it mean to be a person who follows Jesus? And so at a very simple level, you know, we use our little triangle shape to help us remember this. A disciple is someone who, who first of all, personally, they're choosing to follow Jesus. I'm hanging around him. I'm learning from him. I'm recognizing he's alive and well, and he wants to talk to me. And so I'm following Jesus. And as I'm following him, if I'm, if I'm really truly following him, something is going to start to change in my life. He's going to change me because he's going to say stuff to me that is going to heal me, set me free, teach me new things, new ways to live. I'm going to be able to hear what he's saying and choose to do it. I'm going to practice obedience as I hear his voice. And so as I'm following him, he's changing me. And then as he's changing me, he's doing that not only to impact my life, but he wants to see me influence the lives of people around me. And so ultimately, I will be on mission with him if I'm following Jesus. And so that's what a disciple is, someone who's walking in all three of those purposes, following Jesus, being changed by him, and being on mission with him. And so then if we opt in to do that, we're going to find ourselves personally growing and being at different phases of life and our spiritual growth. We're also going to discover as we're pouring into other people 
they're going to be at different points along their path of following Jesus. And so we just use this simple kind of wheel here to represent um, the discipleship process. And we're using something scripture uses. Regularly, scripture points to physical growth and maturity as infants becoming children, becoming adults. In the same way, we grow that way in our spiritual lives. And so we're going to find ourselves pouring into the lives of other people who don't know Jesus at all yet. And at the simplest level, they need to meet Jesus and be born again. We'll find ourselves uh, loving on and being in relationship with spiritual infants. And I'm not going to expect an infant to do the same things that an adult does. I'm not going to push them or challenge them in the same way. I'm going to recognize where they are and feed them and clothe them and help them out and hold them by the hand as they move into maturity. And so that's something regular that we'll just use as we're pouring into the lives of others. And then the third thing we looked at was um, these, three wheel, these three circles that kind of represent the different parts in the discipleship process. If discipleship is happening, it means I'm engaged in the life of someone else, but it also means God's involved. I'm not asking someone to come be a disciple of Jake. I'm asking someone to be a disciple of Jesus. And so I get to participate in, in their life by being engaged and involved. There's times where I'm going to encourage. There's times where I'm going to challenge but what I'm not going to do is try to change people on my own. I'm not going to control people. That's God's part is to change people. That goes all the way back to the triangle, right? We follow Jesus and he changes us. And so I'm going to let God do his part, changing and transforming people. But I'm going to be involved. I'm also not going to try to do their part. Ultimately, their growth depends on them saying yes to Jesus and following him themselves. So I'll encourage, I'll share truth. I'll be engaged in their life, but I'm going to free them to do their part to make choices to follow God. I'm going, to, I'm going to let God do his part to be the one that comes and changes and transforms lives. And then finally, as we're along the way, we're going to discover that there's people that just get, get lost along the way. They may be people that were already in and engaged that can drift. Uh, they may be people that are physically present, and yet in some ways maybe they're, they're disengaged and, and kind of lost. There might even be people in your life that don't know Jesus at all. There will be different kinds of lost people that we will be around. And so we talked about these different kinds of people. You know, there's sheep who just kind of wander off and they just need to be carried home. There's, there's coins. There's that, that picture of that, that woman who lost the coin and it just slipped through the cracks. It's not even the coin's fault. It got misplaced by the person who was responsible for it. And so there's going to be times where there's people that we kind of blew it and we got to go out and let them know they're valued and important and find them and bring them back. Um, there's going to be people who are lost who are prodigals that have chosen to leave and they're not ready to come back. And so we're going to do what the father in that story did. We're going to wait patiently. We're going to love them. We're going to watch from a long way off. And when they come home, what we're going to have in our heart isn't bitterness and frustration towards them. It's going to be joy that they're returning. It's going to be forgiveness that we've already worked in our heart for the fact that maybe they've left and hurt us along the way so that we're ready to run and meet them when they return home. And then finally, we're going to have lost people right in our midst that are around, but that actually aren't joining in the party. They're, they're physically present, but man, maybe their hearts are, are resistant. And it, there's that Pharisee type, legalistic type mentality where they're actually frustrated by the prodigals that return home instead of having the heart of the father. And so we're going to remind those people, hey, Join the party. Remember God loves you. Remember his heart for you. Remember he's given you everything that he has. Now come be a part of his kingdom and share in the joy of 
helping lost return home. So those are just some things we've learned along the way. Last week, we just encouraged everybody, let's just opt in. Let's opt in for community. Um, we acknowledge the fact that it's going to require humility. If we're going to really genuinely live in open community with each other, it requires being authentic. It requires being real. And that could be scary. It's safer and easier to just kind of guard ourselves. And, and yet, God, Jesus himself, humbled himself, walked in humility. He invited people into his life. You know, he didn't just say to the disciples, you open up your life to me. He said, I'm opening up my life to you. Come live with me. Come walk with me. And so living in authentic community is going to require humility. It's going to require courage. Um, but the beautiful thing is it, when we come to God that way and we engage in relationships that way, we're, we're humbly loving each other well, um, we're going to receive affirmation. We're going to receive a deep sense of identity that we belong to God's family. And so he has cool stuff in store for us. So there's just a quick refresher. If you missed any of those Sundays, we've been posting these um, on the website. If you don't know how to track that down, we'll help you get there. Um, but I encourage you to go back and listen to some of those. Um, so here we go. We're launching home groups. So I want to I do this in kind of a few parts this morning. I want to talk to you about the purpose of our life groups. I want to talk to you about what our, our life group environment is going to look like. What can you expect it to look like when you come into somebody's home? And then we're going to talk about just some real practical details. So you kind of know like where to go and whose house is available and that sort of thing. Then we're going to talk about curriculum a little bit. That'll be just a small little part of it. And then I'll kind of introduce to you guys the next sermon series we're going to start next Sunday. So here we go. The purpose of our life groups. Really simply, Matthew chapter 22. This is one of the places where Jesus answered the question of what's the greatest commandment. And so he has this guy approach him. One of the Pharisees, a teacher of the law, comes to him and says in Matthew chapter two, or sorry, 22, verse 36, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Now, I want to pause right here for us because this might sound a little bit different than what we're familiar to. When, when they say teacher, they're saying rabbi. And in that time frame, in that culture, a rabbi would have students, apprentices, disciples that would follow them. And one of the first things that a potential student would find out from a rabbi is, what's his thing? They would actually even use the term yoke. What's his yoke? What is the, the like key point of emphasis that this rabbi places on his teaching? And so there might be some element from Old Testament scripture that a rabbi would say, like, man, this is, this is my life verse, maybe, would be the way we would describe it today. Like, this is what I'm all about. And so that's really what this guy is asking Jesus. He's saying, Rabbi, what are you all about? What is your teaching hinged upon? And so Jesus says, listen, okay, you want to know? Here it is. Verse 37. Then Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, with your whole self. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. So Jesus said, listen, these are yoked together. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and prophets. Now, why am, why am I sharing that right now? Because in Matthew 28, one of the, the key things Jesus said to do is when you make disciples, teach them to observe everything I taught. Teach them to learn everything I taught. And Jesus is saying right here, everything I'm teaching is really about this. 
whatever parables he told, lessons he taught, things we see throughout Scripture, all of them hinge upon the basic principle that we are called to love God and love others. That's it. And so our method for learning how to do that is to engage in life together. Let's get around others. If I want to learn how to love them, I should be around people. That's a good way to learn how to love others. I'm going to have a hard time learning how to love others if I'm just locked in my own private study all the time. I might feel really good about my knowledge of how to love others because I've read a bunch of verses and memorized them. But am I engaging in the life of other people and learning how to love them well? See, that's where the rubber meets the road right there. And so the purpose of our life groups is very simply to encourage each other together, to mutually encourage one another, to learn how to love God and love others well. And so as we do Bible studies, as we engage in just life conversation about what's going on with each other, that's the goal. How do I, how do I learn to love God in the midst of this? How do I learn to engage and love this other person in the midst of this? That is our purpose. So what is that environment going to look like? A few things. Number one, our, our life groups are going to be a safe environment. So here's some things that are going to contribute to it being a safe environment. Number one, we're not going to interrupt people when they're sharing. Our life groups are not going to look like a Sunday school class where you walk in and somebody stands up and teaches for 30 or 45 minutes on a topic and then maybe we save five minutes at the end for some questions. That's not what this is. There's nothing wrong with that. I've, I've gotten a lot out of like teachings like that. But our life groups are going to be discussion-oriented. We're going to unpack a scripture together and we're going to talk about it. How does this apply to my life? And so there are some things we're going to do in respecting one another to make that a safe environment. So we're not going to interrupt. I mean, when somebody's sharing, you know, uh, have you ever heard the phrase crosstalk? right, where this person over here is talking, this person over here is talking, and if you're in the room, it's like you're hearing half of what's being said. We're going to let one person share at a time. Um, we're not going to jump in to fix people. Now, I'll tell you, some of these challenge me big time. As a, as a pastor, not wanting to just jump in and fix when I hear a problem is so hard to do. But what we're going to do is create an environment where people feel free to be open and honest and share, and instead, we're going to let people invite advice. If somebody would like to hear your input or your thoughts on that, they'll invite it. And so we're not going to give unsolicited advice. We're not going to interrupt. We're not going to rush in to fix people. Instead, we're going to value people. And so um, things like learning to listen well is going to be an important thing that we practice in our life groups. Um, affirming and loving each other is something we're going to practice. We're not going to gossip. If, if if you want to see me get upset real quick, like I'm, I feel like I'm a pretty friendly guy. Am I a friendly guy? Maybe I'm overrating myself a little bit. I, don't, I, I feel like I'm a fairly friendly guy. But listen, but listen, if we start going around gossiping and picking at each other and tearing each other apart or like sharing, like I'm calling this other person because, you know, we're going to pray for this person, that ain't happening. Guys, we're going to create a safe environment. If, if we want people to be able to come and live open and real and honest, it has to be safe to do that. I can't ask people to do something, and meanwhile, I'm going to rip them to shreds, or I'm going to leave them hanging, or the first time they worked up the courage to share, I rush in with my three point on how to fix that problem in their life. It's going to shut them down. We're going to engage in relationship by respecting and valuing one another, by letting people share, by listening 
Now, that doesn't mean that there isn't a time and place for advice. It's not like we're just never going to help people. No, but we're going to help them in a safe, loving, encouraging way. Maybe instead of calling him out in the whole group setting, maybe this is like a friend of mine and I'm realizing, hey, Tony's got this thing he shared in group. Maybe I check on him the next day. Hey, buddy, you were sharing that thing. I don't want to pry, but man, I just want you to know I care about that. I love you. Dude, can I encourage you at all today? And then, and then maybe there's some room there where an, a door might be open to really share. So we're, we're going to share truth in life, but in a safe environment. Is this making sense to you guys? And if, if you're not catching all the stuff I'm saying, don't worry. We're going to remind you every so often in our home group so you won't forget. Um, all right, now here's some just really practical things that challenge me big time. I have to say, honestly, like these are hard for me. Um, first of all, I want to encourage you to embrace the awkward. Embrace the awkward. Now, why in the world would I say that? One of the things we're going to do is we're going to learn to practice pausing when somebody has shared and not immediately rushing in because I thought of something while they were talking. Now, that does a couple of things. I don't know if you've ever noticed this in your life, but if somebody opens up their heart and is sharing, sometimes if we'll wait a minute, there's like another layer deeper that they're willing to go. And because we slowed down and kept listening, they decided to take that step and go there. And the very place they may need to go, we might be ripping them off of that opportunity because we've rushed in to say something. We're also going to learn to trust the person that's helping lead the conversation. They're not going to get it right all the time. There have been a lot of home groups afterwards I've left and gone, man, I screwed that up. But we're going to trust their lead because they might actually ask a follow-up question to engage that person a little bit more. So, so we're going to kind of embrace the fact that there might be moments where, I mean, I don't know about you, but sometimes five quiet seconds feels like a whole minute. Anybody in here that just hates that like awkward silence? But it's not actually as long as it feels. And so it doesn't mean home group is awkward because it got quiet for a minute. We're intentionally being quiet because here's what we're actually doing. We're letting the Holy Spirit work. We're letting the Holy Spirit come and move in people's hearts and see if he doesn't just call them to go, hey, actually, this is a safe place. These people are engaged. They're listening. They're not rushing past what I'm saying to make their point. They're engaged with what's going on in my life. And so we're going to embrace that. Um, and then the second thing that's going to happen, this is going to be the biggest thing that will challenge people, is the talkers are going to learn to be better listeners, and the quiet folks are going to learn how to speak up. And so that's going to challenge all of us. Now, nobody's going to push and force you into that. But listen, if, if you're a big talker, we want you to learn how to practice just self-awareness and go, hey, I'm one of six or eight or ten people in this room, so if I'm, if I'm controlling 40, 50, 60% of the conversation, I'm not actually allowing room for, for everybody to share and to speak. Equally, you know, if I've come to group two, three weeks in a row and, and I'm not sharing, like, hey, these people are laying their lives out there, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose to trust. And so um, by creating that safe environment, we can create a place where people may be willing to stretch themselves and talk where they haven't. And people who are talkers, like pastors, you know, tend to struggle with this one because I've got a million things to say all the time. I can learn to listen better. And actually, it might help inform when I do talk because I've gotten to know and understand where that person is coming from. I have more room to speak into their life because I've really heard them and gotten to know them. Um, I was talking with a friend about this this week, but there's a really basic principle when it comes to um, receiving and sharing with people. The level of relationship with you have is the level of voice that you have to speak into somebody's life. And so as your relationship with them builds and grows, then your ability to speak truth into their life increases. 
And so let's trust that as we build relationship, there will be more and more room to speak truth and life to each other. So does this all make sense to you guys? Are we good? Yeah, are you already feeling where it might stretch you a little bit? Anybody having one of those moments? My hand's up. Okay, so let's continue on. Um, there's three basic principles that we're going we're gonna to have in these, group, uh, these groups. Number one, they're open groups. All right, these groups are not, here's the six people I'm going to get to know at this church, and we're going to have this little home group Bible study for the next 10 years together, and it's going to be awesome. And I hope somebody else that starts coming in six months finds their own. These groups are going to be open. We're going to invite people into them. And so to, to help remember that, whether we have a physical chair or not, we're going to practice the principle of the empty chair. There's always room for one more. And the reason we're going to practice that is, um, yeah, we'll help people that walk in these doors plug into a group. But this is an opportunity for you guys to reach out to people that you know, to say, hey, I've got some awesome friends, and man, we meet, and we love each other, and we hang out like once a week, and would you like to come with me sometime? Our groups are open. Be willing to invite people in. Watch what might happen. The other thing that, that is going to happen as a result of these groups being open is they're probably going to grow. And so just like what happens with a tree that grows, new branches start to shoot out. And so our heart is that as time goes on, these groups that we're going to start with will produce more groups. And so we'll talk more about that when we get to that point, but we're going to have this principle of, of branching out. And so you may come and be attending a group, and as you're attending that, stuff might start to grow and shift in you, and God might prepare your heart to lead one down the road. And so we'll do some training and equipping on how, how we lead groups and give you some opportunities to stretch your wings a little bit in that setting and then see what happens when a group reaches a point where, hey, it's time to branch and we're going we're gonna to missionary a couple of people out to start a group in their house together. And we'll do that in teams. So those are just some things you can expect. The groups are open. There's an open chair. And we're going to watch, watch these grow. Um, so that's our heart. All right. Some practical details for the groups we are starting with. Alex, can you, can you two guys maybe help me pass these out? Would you all just put one of these in everybody's hands? There's, this is just some real basic information. Alex designed this cool little Life Groups logo here. And if you flip around the other side, it just tells you the, the two groups we're starting. So um, the Richmonds and the Hawkins are our starting groups. So that's Alex Hawkins right there. I'm sure you all know him. There's his wife, Crystal. Rob is back there, Rob Richmond. His wife, Sarah, is serving in kids' ministry. If I'd planned ahead a little better, we probably would have had her in here this Sunday so everybody could see her face. But the Richmonds and Hawkins are opening their homes. Um, we're doing two different nights, so at least there's some options for you guys. So um, Tuesday nights are the nights that the Hawkins are opening their home for life groups, and Wednesday nights are the nights the Richmonds are opening their home. If you would like to plug into one of those groups... I mean, the simplest way is just to go up and talk to these guys on a Sunday morning over the next few weeks. Um, but you can also email them. And so alex at gcnox.net, rob at gcdocs.net, and they'll get you the information. Um, as it's needed, we're going to provide child care. We don't, we don't want to have obstacles for people coming. Um, and so um, that's going to be available. So if you've got kids, a way is going to be made for you to come and somebody watch the kids so you can engage in life groups. So these are the two that we're starting right now. Um, and then we're going to watch what God does as these kind of grow and expand along the way. Um, any questions on just like the practical details of that? Awesome. So here's what's going to happen. These start this week, Tuesday and Wednesday night. These will be the opening nights. This week will kind of be 
informal, get to know each other, um, just kind of start connecting. And then starting the following week, we'll actually start with some Bible study stuff as we move into that. So let me kind of transition into that for a minute. Let's talk about curriculum. Um, I've got a revolutionary idea for us. We're going to use the Bible as our curriculum. How does that sound? Everybody good with that? Does that sound good? Okay, we're going to use the Bible as our curriculum. Um, now, we have a resource that's going to help with that. And so um, at our church, Grace Chapel, Pastor Jimmy Harris, myself, a few other guys have worked together. And there's this app that we created. There's a website called E3. If you've got an iPhone or really any phone that has access to an app store, it's on multiple platforms. You can download the app. You actually don't have to download it. The leaders will have it. But if you'd like to, you can get it. And here's what, here's what this is. It's 120 stories from Jesus' life. It's straight out of Scripture. They're not, like, paraphrased. We grab chunks of Scripture that are, are things that happened in Jesus' life with people, teachings, miracles, encounters with one-on-one -on -one with people, and, and we take the scripture and you're going to show up at group. You don't have to prepare in advance. You show up. Y'all are going to read the scripture together. And the app has questions just to help get conversation going. It's that simple. And so what the app provides is questions to start the group. And the verse is right there. The other thing that the app has in it, and this is where I want to encourage you guys to think outside the box of just our life groups. Um, the app has in it not only the questions, it also has family questions. And they're broken down by, like, age groups. So if you have, like, high school kids, kind of middle-aged kids or elementary-aged kids, questions where you can actually talk to your children at home about what we're learning. Um, this is also something you guys can use. Man, like at school, UT students at school, you can grab four or five friends, and you can decide, hey, let's start hanging out having a Bible study together. And you use this app. You show up, you read the verse, and you discuss what's Jesus saying through this passage. So use this as a resource. Um, the other thing that is in the app, so if you, if you go into it, there's, there's, it's broken down in like groups of like 20 stories. And so you'd hit like one through 20 and then you'd hit number one and it's gonna come up and there's the story there, there's the questions there. There's also this little headphones thing. There's actually a podcast, myself and Jimmy Harris, who came and taught to start this series out while I was in Florida. Me and him have been recording a podcast where him and I talk for 10 to 15 minutes about each of these stories. And we started recording this about a year ago. We've recorded like 43 of them. We'll eventually have all 120 done. I get, if nothing else, I get a fun phone call with my buddy once a week. So we get on the phone together, we record them. So that's just an extra resource. If you want to hear a couple guys just bouncing things off, it's not a teaching. We don't even prepare before we do the podcast. We act out what can happen in small group. Hey, here's the story. Let's read it. Cool, let's talk about it. What's happening in the story? So that's available just as a resource in there as well. That makes sense? All right, so last thing I want to make you guys aware of um, to help kind of get this going, next Sunday, I'm going to start a series called Following Jesus. We'll probably go for about six weeks or, or so till we start getting close to Christmas. And I'm just going to preach on these topics. So I'll preach in line with what's going to be studied on um, Tuesday night or Wednesday night in your life group. So just to kind of help launch it and get it going, we'll do the first five or six stories together on Sunday mornings, and then you guys can unpack them. Um, so that's kind of where we're heading in the near future. I'm excited. I'm excited. I, I, I hope you guys know every single one of you are invited. I want to encourage you to plug in. This is a great way to continue to build relationships with each other. 
it's a great way to start putting into practice and acting out what we've been learning. And I'm just ex excited to see the relationships that form and also how the Lord stretches us um, as disciples, as he grows us into who he's calling us to be. So I'm excited. I'm thrilled that these are getting going. I would encourage you guys to plug in. Um, if you have any questions, if you've got any concerns, you can obviously come talk to me about them. Um, but track down these guys this morning or their wives. Talk with them about plugging into the group. If you need a week or two to figure it out, like there's time um, over the next couple of Sundays, we'll be making a point to emphasize this and pass these cards out. I know there's a few families that were traveling this weekend, um, so we'll help spread the word. Um, I, I want to encourage you with one last thing. Um, obviously, in your relationships and in the study that we're doing, you know, there's things that just grow on each other, right? It builds and it grows. But these lessons stand alone. And I know, I know a thing that can happen that I've experienced in my own life is life happens, something, something comes up, you get interrupted for a few weeks and you feel like you fell behind or you're out of touch or, you know, now they're three quarters of the way into their 10-week series and I don't even know where they're at. These stand alone. And so I just want to encourage you, don't fall prey to those simple excuses that can come up of like, I missed a few, I'm plugging in late, I was out of town. Man, when you're around and you can be there, plug in. Now, I would encourage you to be consistent. There's something to be said for building relationships and that consistency. But if life happens, you fall out, fall, out, fall off, get busy, plug right back in. Um, you, you won't be missing anything, all right? Cool. Well, let me pray for us, and then I would encourage you guys hang around and visit. Um, talk to these guys if you want to talk about getting plugged into a group. Come find me if you've got questions, and uh, I'm excited. We'll see what the Lord does in our midst as we go forward as a church. So, Lord, we love you. Jesus, thank you that you call us to life in you, that you call us to relationship with you. God, I thank you for the simplicity of the gospel, Lord, that, that you love us and that you invite us to love you and to love others. And so, God, I just pray that you would do something awesome in our midst. Lord, just as a young, growing church body, um, Lord, we're excited to be engaging more intentionally in relationships with one another. God, to be pursuing you together. God, to watch you um, knit our hearts with each other. God, to teach us more and more what you're like and who you're calling us to be. Um, God, I pray that you'd help each of us to find a place, find a home, find a spot where we fit. Lord, help us to engage in relationship with you and with each other. Lord, we just pray over these life groups. Holy Spirit, we just want to say right now, you're invited. God, we invite you into the Hawkins and Richmond's home. Lord, I pray you'd even go before us and be like waiting there on us as people arrive. Lord, that you would move in the hearts of everyone there. Would you lead and guide the Hawkins and the Richmonds as they uh, lead others? God, give them wisdom and discernment. Help them to recognize what you're saying and doing in those groups. And, and Holy Spirit, would you come and would you touch hearts and lives? Lord, heal us, teach us, grow us. God, do miraculous things in our midst. God, we don't, we don't want to do this apart from you. We don't want to get into ritual and habit and routine and leave you out. God, we are desperate and dependent on you. We love you. We need you. God, would you bless these groups and these people as they engage. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.